Hello and welcome to the Pixel Swim Podcast, episode 82. I am Steve Heinrich, your host, and this is the podcast where I take a dive into my personal journey through design and technology and where they meet, plus other tidbits that I find interesting. This episode is being recorded and released on Thursday, August 22nd, 2019. Visit pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and social links if you want to follow along or leave any feedback or find any of the links uh, that I mentioned in this episode. So yeah, you can find that at pixelswim.com. And so yeah, let's dive into our weekly notes, feedback, and links. Feedback from episode 81. I wanted to say thank you to uh, Mike Latori who left a comment on the show notes page, which again, you can do that at pixelswim.com. After the last episode, <laughs> when I was talking about the G6 being out of commission, but uh, thanks to Mike for leaving a comment about that. And yeah, he's saying talking about the having the anxiety of using the G6, even if it was fixed, uh, of that SIM tray kind of not working or having the same issue again. But uh, he also mentioned that. The, he was talking about the iPhone SIM trays, which are made out of metal, which I really wish that the the SIM tray, SIM slash SD tray on the G6 was made out of metal. I think obviously that's one of, that's a big problem with the design of it is that it's a cheap plastic frame on this little tray. And so it's it's easy to, to break. So uh, thanks, Mike, for reaching out about that. And then thank you to Kyle Helms, who reached out on Twitter saying, <laughs> uh, sorry about the G6 as well. And I'm glad the Moto X4 is, is working for me. But he also said that ever since I changed the intro to the G6, the uh, weekly report for the G6, he's kind of thought that it was, may have been doomed, <laughs> the G6, because uh, I've already been kind of looking at other phones and, and stuff like that. And, you know, and Kyle also mentioned that it sucks that the the G7 didn't really live up to uh, its predecessor. So I, I did look at have hands on with the G7 for a very short period of time and decided not to keep that one. But either way, thank you to Kyle for that. And then finally, thank you to Frank Neithart, who left a post on or a comment on MeWe on the MeWe post, which you can find it there as well. Uh, he left a comment or a comment with a video uh, he said he just stumbled upon this, and this is actually from Hugh Jeffries, which I I swear I've heard of him in the past, but I never was subscribed or anything like that to his videos. But essentially, he kind of restores phones and, and devices and brings them back to life, even ones that are <laughs> seem very out of commission. So uh, he actually just did the G6, and so Frank pointed me to the video. Uh, of his repair of a pretty beat up G6, which happened, you know, just kind of a coincidence that it's happening <laughs> around the same time I'm having an issue. And in the the video, uh, Hugh Jeffries actually, uh, the SIM tray was actually broken very similarly to how mine was. So I'm telling you, this is not a, <laughs> it's not a fluke. So thank you to Frank for leaving that video. It was super interesting to watch. And I kind of got sucked into the Hugh Jeffries channel and watched a bunch of other repair videos so it was very inspiring <laughs> and i subscribed so I'm, I'm surprised that i hadn't subscribed in the past uh, i think he has over a hundred thousand subscribers so uh, i'm not sure how i missed that but either way i'm now subscribed to that and uh, really enjoy watching those videos i do like 
fixing things myself. So, and that kind of, honestly, thanks to Frank for that, that was all the feedback this week. But because of that video, I kind of started to reevaluate uh, my outlook on the, the G6, my G6, the one with the broken SIM tray, SIM pin on the SIM tray that's uh, soldered to the motherboard. And I didn't want to count it out just yet. So that's going to bring us into the biggest chunk of the show this week. And it's going to be the LG G6 Weekly Report. Welcome to the LG G6 Weekly Report. All right, so it's not over yet. The G6 Report is still happening. So here we go. Like I said, I was saying... Uh, that that I was looking at repairing the G6, so I was I was ready to give up on it, and I think that's kind of what my sentiment was after the last episode. And I was thinking I was just gonna scrap it and uh, maybe recycle it somewhere, you know, wipe it and recycle it and just be done with it. But after after that video, I decided to try and get it back up and running. I could not just leave it not fully working. I wanted to get it up and running, even if even with that design flaw of the SIM tray, I think it, it's worth the time to try and fix it because otherwise it's just uh, you know, a hunk of metal and plastic that cannot be used. So, uh, and I think I kind of still, and I was mentioning this last time we are, you know, I'm not really we're, we, I could get a new device, uh, but it, to fix the G6 would be cheaper. And we're, you know, we're in a state right now where we are trying to save some money. So that's uh, not, you know, I figured why not look into this a little bit more. And so I did start looking at getting a replacement motherboard for the G6. So the reason that I figured I would just, <laughs> I could swap out the whole motherboard is one, I've already taken it out of the the G6. So I'm able, it's already broken down and it's ready to uh, take out. Uh, because that SIM reader is is soldered to the motherboard, I would not have to, I would not have to solder anything. And, it, and swapping in the motherboard is, is something that I can do myself. So, and there's things to take into consideration is that essentially I'm replacing the entire guts of the phone. So I'd be essentially setting up a new phone again. Uh, so it's not like I, I'm going to still have all of my the onboard data that I have on my current G6. So a new motherboard would basically mean new guts for the phone, uh, which is fine uh, because I've got the entire good frame, a good battery, good cameras, good everything else. It's just literally that one little pin on the board. So uh, like I said, it'd be easier for me to do that myself and my G6 is torn down. There's no soldering involved. So I decided to start looking on eBay for a, a motherboard, a standalone motherboard for the G6, my specific model, which is the the G, the H872, which is the T-Mobile version of the uh, G6. And so I did find one. I found a motherboard that was pulled from a working G6, uh, the T-Mobile model. And it had a clean ESN and I or, or IMEI number, and it was unlocked as well, unlocked version, which mine is not, shockingly. But um, so I decided to look at that a little closer. Uh, but that was seventy five dollars, and so that's uh, almost reaching the value of what my G six is now. I guess technically not because the SIM tray is broken. So yeah, seventy five dollars for the for the motherboard and uh that was just outright 
the easiest and quickest way to be able to replace the motherboard is just to have a, a motherboard itself shipped. But because of that video <laughs> and that Frank sent with the teardown, I decided to actually look at a broken or four parts and repair G6, uh, which would be a lot cheaper. Uh, and it turned out that, you know, to find one that's just uh, that has a cracked screen or something like that, or is essentially basically <laughs> just a cracked screen or a cracked back is a lot. Well, it's, I don't want to say a lot cheaper, but I did find some broken ones on eBay. And uh, I think the what well, part of the reason that it was it's obviously cheaper is because the you know, the motherboard isn't pulled out of these yet. So I'm, I'm guessing there's a premium on that motherboard that uh, the for that's already pulled out of the G6 because somebody had to tear that thing down. And so if I could find a broken one, I think that's part of why the <laughs> the cost is is down. Uh, plus, these phones are usually just uh, badly cracked or in bad condition as far as the body goes. Uh, but I did find an order one, a uh, broken one for $50. So about $20, $25 cheaper than just the motherboard itself. Uh, it's this one, and they had pictures of the exact item on there, which I always like. Uh, is the T-Mobile? It's T-Mobile version of the G6. It's the it's the blue or the silver version, ice blue they call it, or the silver version. And, uh, I have the black version myself, but uh, the screen is very badly cracked. Uh, it's kind of spider webbing all over the place, uh, but it does have a clean ESM. Uh, it, it said in the listing that the water damage indicator was intact, which I'm not sure how they knew that because <laughs> it's on the inside of the phone. They clearly hadn't opened it up. But either way, it, this uh, it, T-Mobile version is unlocked, network unlocked as well. So that's something that's uh, not my current G6 is not, uh, which I was going to try and do if I had was able to leave my SIM card in there for 40 days and, and hopefully they would unlock my current one. But uh, this one's already unlocked. Uh, the listing had a free 30-day return policy, which essentially I could return it if I if it didn't work uh, for some reason. Because essentially they listed the phone works. The only thing wrong with it is that it has a cracked screen. So this is an ideal <laughs> setup. I did find a few cheaper ones, but the listings kind of had a couple little red flags I wasn't ready to take a risk on. Uh, but the biggest thing, too, for me with this specific listing that I got for this cracked uh, screen device is that it's a seller that I've purchased from before. Uh, I've actually had good, I think I purchased a couple of things from them in the past. So uh, I could, I found that to be more trustworthy than, than not. So I figured also if it didn't work, like I said, I could just easily return it or exchange it. They had a few broken ones uh, listed. So I figured I would try that out. So for $50, I, popped it in the cart <laughs> and checked out on eBay and uh, had the G6, this broken quota. It's not really broken. I mean, this technically the screen is broken or was cracked, but uh, other than that, supposed to be fully functional. So I ordered that. And then a few days later, I received that in the mail. So that's uh, <laughs> good service on the on the part of the seller. They shipped it right away. Uh, the battery needed to be charged up a little bit on it as it was completely dead. I got a little worried when I pressed the power button and nothing turned on, but I just plugged it in and it was at, you know, less than zero or at zero percent. And so it charged it up a little bit. And yeah, the screen on it is really, 
really, really shattered. <laughs> uh, but it, uh, it it turns out that it does still work. You can still use the touch screen. But yeah, despite all those spider web cracks and stuff, it it was I was able to actually power it up and navigate around and and find out the device was on Android seven point so not quite up to date with. Uh, my current LG G6 T-Mobile version. Uh, but there was an update, surprisingly, that was already downloaded. Uh, the It looked like the device wasn't set up with any accounts, but it did go right to the home screen. So it didn't start with the, the setup wizard like on a reset device usually does. I'm guessing they just tested it uh, to make sure and they just went, you know, zipped through the, the setup wizard without actually entering any information. But... Uh, so I did find that it was on Android 7. There was an update that was already downloaded to it, uh, which was, I think, just a security update for Android 7.0. And then after I just ran that update while on the broken device, everything ran like normal. Uh, so after that update and the phone restarted and everything, the the Oreo 8.0 Oreo update actually showed up because it was about 1.8 gigabytes <laughs> ready to download. So I wasn't quite ready to just run through all of the updates on this uh, phone. I wasn't going to sit there and wait for all these updates because I had some other testing that I wanted to do first before before all that. So I did have I had to try my SIM card and my SD card in this broken phone first to see and make sure that the SIM tray SIM slash SD tray. Uh, and reader both uh, were working. So I, I put there was a, a SIM tray in the phone already. So I put my SIM card and my SD card in there and, you know, pushed it in. <laughs> Fingers crossed. And both of them worked. Yeah. So I, I, I was able to use my cell service on there and the data worked fine. Everything worked as it should. And it read the SD card and all the data on that. So it was cle- clearly working and exactly what I was looking for and needed. Uh, a working <laughs> a motherboard with a working sim reader and tray. Uh, so I, but I did this time before I put the sim card and the SD card in there. I I tried to pay closer attention, kind of to how the sim and SD card were sitting in the tray before I put it in the phone, and I kind of noticed. Uh, and I think the SD card slot uh, in the tray in the sim tray itself is not designed super well. It could have been done just a little bit differently uh, because it does fit in there a little bit too snugly. Uh, and so the SD card, I kind of I noticed, uh, sort of pushed outwardly on the, the frame of the tiny pras- plastic frame of the SIM tray. So it seemed like there was a little bit of distress or stress on the SIM tray. And this potentially could be where the design flaw comes in. Um, why mine broke in the specific spot that it did so but I was able to test all that out in the phone and carefully insert and carefully remove everything and everything was was fine so working as it should so with that in mind I put the sim card back into my Moto X4 and and you know just left that running as my main device for now and so I pulled out the motherboard from my current G6 because I kind of had it just loosely put back together as I was figuring out what I wanted to do uh, before I decided to try out a broken device and pull the motherboard from it. So I, I pulled out that current motherboard in my G6 and had it all ready to go. <laughs> kind of like a heart, <laughs> not quite a heart transplant, but, uh, you know, some, some along those lines, it's ready to, for the new 
for the new motherboard to be put in. So I, it's time, it was time to open up the, the broken G6, quote unquote, the broken one, <laughs> the cracked screen one, uh, and, and pull out the motherboard. So essentially at this point, I can probably say pretty confidently that I am a pro at opening up an LG G6, the back of it anyway, uh, not replacing the screen. I haven't done anything to that effect yet, but to get the back open, not very, not very difficult. You just need a few tools. Uh, luckily, I have all three of these that I've used in the past to open up my G6. So I have a heat gun. Uh, I think it's actually more of an industrial one. Uh, it's not like crazy hot, but it gets hot enough. And so I got a heat gun uh, and some playing cards. Uh, these these are great if you're going to be repairing phones. I highly suggest having an old deck of playing cards to use to to kind of pry open the and, and cut the the adhesive that is under the edges and stuff like that especially on the g6 it works actually pretty well you don't need uh, any sort of metal pry tool in order to get the back off so and then you just need a small phillips head screwdriver yeah because luckily the all the screws that are i think there's about 11 screws that hold in a plastic a little plastic frame once you get the back off and yeah, it's just they're just Phillips head, which is great. They're not uh, any sort of proprietary uh, head headed screw. So yeah, so I did did that. I got the the broken G6. Uh, I got the back off of it in about ten minutes by heating up the adhesive and 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 prying in the playing cards to cut the adhesive. Uh, the play, I, I think I said this, or maybe I didn't, but the playing cards essentially are a nice soft way to not scratch everything up. Uh, but also be able to to get the adhesive cut pretty easily. So, uh, yeah, about 10 minutes, I got the back off nice and easy. <laughs> exactly how I suspected it would go. Then I removed everything else in this broken G6 in about five minutes. Basically, you just unscrew about 11 screws and then pull off two pieces of this plastic frame that hold the Qi charger and the the speaker. And it also kind of covers up and protects the motherboard as well. After that, I cleaned up all of the old thermal paste that was on uh, my current G6 and also on the heat pipe of the current G6 and then also off of the motherboard where the the processor is. So I cleaned all that off and, and cleaned it up with a little alcohol wipe. And then I put some new thermal paste on there. And so then I was able to place the quote unquote new motherboard into my current G6. So I lined everything up and uh, got that kind of snapped into place. And then I was able to snap in all the cameras and other, you know, Lego quote unquote connectors as Jerry Rig everything would say. And uh, I just kept the cameras from my current G6 in there. I didn't take the cameras from the uh, the broken G6 just figured I would keep as many of the parts in the current G6 as I could. And this way I also will have backup parts for anything else I might need from this broken G6. But uh, either way, after getting all those connectors reconnected, uh, including the battery, I placed the, the, the two plastic frames, the one with the Qi charger and the one with the speaker back into place. And then you screw all that back in with the tiny little Phillips head screws and then uh, lightly kind of place the back panel on to the back of the phone because there's no connector between the back glass, which uh, houses the fingerprint sensor and a slash power button and the 
the motherboard. There's essentially just a contact point between the two. Uh, so you don't have to worry about cutting any ribbons when you're opening the device, which is part of why I was pretty confident the very first time that I opened the G6 that I wasn't going to break anything. But uh, yeah, so I kind of lightly placed that back on and made sure that the fingerprint sensor slash power button thing was touching the motherboard uh, connectors. And I booted up the phone at that point and everything worked. So everything connected up correctly with all the the parts that were currently in there and the new motherboard, quote unquote, new motherboard. So uh, it booted up and it was exactly where I left it when it was on the broken uh, G6. So that was good. Uh, everything was working. So I had to, I figured I would uh, test the SIM card and SD card again with the guts in the new, in my current G6, the new guts in my current G6. And those, everything worked again. So carefully put in that SIM tray with everything and then uh, tested it out and it was good to go. So that was, that was, uh, <laughs> I was just very happy about that, that nothing uh, didn't work. So then I pried off the glass panel off the back and uh, put some of the 3M double-sided tape. The It's the, the special kind that's made for repairing devices and smartphones and stuff like that. And so I, you know, carefully placed that along the edges and, and in one other place where there was some adhesive. And to, there was already some leftover adhesive. So this was kind of on top of that just to, to get a little bit firmer of a contact with uh, some adhesive on the back panel. So I put the back panel back on and I firmly pressed everything into place for a few minutes just to make sure that the adhesive was nice and sticking to the, the frame of the phone. So uh, the G6, my G6 is officially back up and running. <laughs> uh, and albeit I'll have to set up the device again and and run all of the update, finish running all those updates that I was talking about that were on the broken G6. And after I do all that, I'm going to run a factory reset on it. And it should be uh, good to go should be back up and running and 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 (laughs) and the G6 lives again. So for $50 and a little bit of elbow grease, that's not too bad. I think even if I had somebody solder that SIM card SD card reader back onto the the motherboard, it probably would have cost me about the same amount of money. Um, This way I was able to just swap everything in and out myself, which I always enjoy doing. And then you you know, it's a a good experience (laughs) when things go right. So uh, yeah, it's although I I, at this point, even though the G6 is back up and running, and once I get it all set up again, uh, I may just keep using the X4, the Moto X4 for a little bit longer, it has been a joy to use. And it's really been a good performer. the, The processor on it, it works well, I think it's a Snapdragon 600 series, I can't remember which one exactly. But honestly, it felt about it feels about the same as the G6 most of the time as far as how it performs and everyday use in the camera and running apps and and things like that. And it may even run Google Maps a little bit faster. So it is a, a, a newer processor than the the one in the G6. So I'm sure that has a little bit to do with it uh, as far as the efficiency of it and the perfor- performance of it. So. Yeah, we are up and running the G6. <laughs> it's living to see another day. And I'm pretty sure I'll have another LG G6 uh, weekly report next week. But for this week, uh, that's kind of the major portion of the show here. So probably the biggest LG G6 weekly report ever. It's back from the dead, folks. So thumbs up to that.
Okay, just another quick note here this week that I forgot to mention. I think it was on the last episode uh, when I talked about switching over to T-Mobile. But while we were at the T-Mobile store uh, starting our service there, there was actually another guy in the store uh, that they were helping uh, who was pre-ordering the Note 10 Plus. Uh, And it literally had, this was a couple weeks ago now. So this is uh, not when we're getting closer to the actual release of the phone, but uh, they actually had a Note 10 Plus in the store. It was in a drawer uh, by the uh, cash registers. And so they actually pulled it out so he could see it. It was the uh, Aura Blue version. It was really smudged up with fingerprints. So clearly the, the uh, store associates had been playing around with this device quite a bit. And I don't blame him for that. Uh, but they would not let him hold it. They wouldn't. I was about to ask if I could take a look at it, you know, to have hands on with the, the unreleased Note 10 Plus, uh, just to, <laughs> to say that I couldn't kind of get an idea for how it was. But either way, they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't let it go. Yeah. So he could take a look at the color, the or, the aura blue or the blue aura. I don't know which order that goes in, but uh, it looked OK. You know, I'm not I'm honestly not a huge fan of that aura. I think it is a little bit gimmicky. It feels a little bit. Uh, <laughs> it's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's kind of cool that they're doing that, but it just kind of harkens back to. I don't know. There was all always these sort of rainbow reflective stickers that I used to see a lot, especially in the 90s, the 1990s. So <laughs> that's kind of what it reminds me of. And yeah, obviously, it's a, you know, pre- a way more premium version of that. But that's what it reminds me of. And those stickers were always cheap. So it always makes me think of cheap things. But I'm just going to leave that at that. But I just wanted to mention that I did see the Note 10 in person. Wow. It's like seeing a celebrity. <laughs> Not really, not really. Everybody's about to get one and everybody's been reviewing them. And I see Jerry Rig, everything actually is tearing, not tearing when he did a durability test. I think it was yesterday. I still haven't watched it, but yeah. So that's my brush with the Note 10 Plus, everybody. Anyway. Okay. And so this is the last thing that I want to cover here real quick is I actually do have a couple of links to share this week. <laughs> I went and dug into my email archive because I have some email subscriptions that send me uh, to news stories mainly about web design and graphic design and I have them filtered into a folder in my Outlook account and so I every once in a while I'll jump in there and go through these curated lists of news stories and I found a couple that I thought I would share. Uh, The first one is called everything you wanted to know about input mode. And so essentially, I wanted to share this. Uh, It has to do with HTML and CSS, uh, which are ways to build web pages, uh, mainly the front end of a website, usually the layout and the styling. And so essentially, this article on CSSTricks.com, which is a very useful resource, especially if you're doing any sort of CSS coding, uh, they talk about this input mode. And essentially, what this is, is on fields, Uh, Like say when you're filling out a form on a mobile device, essentially this input mode can be, you can specify what type of input mode for each field there is. Uh, This is something that I knew existed, but I guess it's only recently been supported by uh, Safari for iOS and Chrome on Android. But basically the whoever's coding up the site here on the front end can specify which sort of input, input mode the 
the keyboard, the on-screen keyboard specifically, should be in. So say you've probably come across this in the past, but essentially if say you're you're putting in a field that's a credit card number and you, it's only going to be a number. So when you tap on that field to start inputting, sometimes it will bring up the number pad on the keyboard automatically. So you can just start typing numbers very quickly. Uh, and so essentially, this is something that needs to be specified by a uh, front end developer to uh, pull up the right type of keyboard. And you can even define uh, that input as a telephone number, which will bring up the number pad with the star and the pound signed as well. And also sort of the a lot of it is that I've seen on the web deals with inputting numbers and stuff like that. So uh, just kind of a quick thing to look through if you're interested in that sort of thing. Uh, these these are the things, especially with the web on mobile being uh, almost more dominant than the desktop these days, uh, things that developers are having to make sure they define so they have a better user experience on a mobile website. So I'll put the link in the show notes for that. So check that out. Okay, and so the last link here, the second second and last link <laughs> is uh, on fastcompany.com. Uh, it's called The Untold Story of America's Brilliant National Parks Branding. And it says, leave it to graphic design legend Massimo Vanelli to come up with a clever system that saved the government money and is still in use today. So essentially, they came up with a unified design system for all national parks uh, so they could save money. And uh, they say in here, one of the good things about uh, the Vanelli system that this guy came up with is that it standardized the paper sizes, weights and types. And it was a grid system where you knew roughly what it was going to look like and how much text you had to have written and uh, and how many images might fit. It streamlined things quite a lot. And in the end, they saved a lot of money from printing by buying things in bulk. So yeah, and it, it kind of goes over because there's a, a new book of all of the national parks uh, brochures over the years, over the last <laughs> century or so. And uh, there's a new book coming out that they they kind of display all of that in so you can kind of see the evolution of it over time. And it's kind of crazy because this design system that they came up with eventually in uh, 1997 or ni- 1977 uh, when this Vanelli guy uh, came up with the system that they're using today to make everything unified and you kind of said how they are saving money there but yeah check out the link in the show notes if you're interested in that book there's links in that article i think this was mostly to sell the book this article but interesting nonetheless uh, about how how all of that works Uh, so again that's uh article is called the untold story of america's brilliant national parks branding so yeah check that out in the show notes All right, so let's wrap it up here on episode 82 of the Pixel Swim podcast. I appreciate everybody tuning in as usual. Thank you for that. If you want to leave any feedback, head over to pixelswim.com. You can find all the social links and the show notes page with the comment section if you want to. There's many ways to to get in touch there. So I'm happy to accept any any way that you send feedback. It's always appreciated. So uh, tune in next week for episode 83, where um, the G6 will be back again. What will it be doing then? (laughs) Either way, thanks for tuning in and have a great afternoon or evening or breakfast or lunch or dinner or fourth meal. Haven't used that one in a while. Uh, Whatever meal it is when you're when you're listening to this. Thanks again. And God speed. (laughs) 